The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Somehow we can actually become that. We, we could be that guy. It becomes more real, right? We, we can be Spider-Man. We could be whoever that is. And, and you know, now you've got the, all, the, all the crazy Marvel Universe movies that are out there. And, you, I mean, you can pick your superhero. You can be whoever you want to be. But here's the reality. I know I'm not Tony Stark because I'm not that smart and I'm not that rich. If, for those of you who don't know Tony Stark, it's Iron Man. Um, that might help. But, you know, when we see the movies, it really becomes real. It really becomes something we kind of can immerse ourselves in. Uh, it makes us feel like it's something that we could actually happen to us. I mean, this is just a normal guy or girl. Can't discriminate. But suddenly something happens. Something changes. And they have these crazy, amazing abilities and powers. And, you know... <laughs> I think some of us kind of look at it like this, man. I mean, if I was that guy, think of the Instagram followers I would have. Think, think of how many, how many likes I'd get on Facebook if I was that guy. How, how, how many people would be my friend if I was Superman, right? And then there's all that good I could do, all the good, how I could save the world over and over and over. But, you know, here's what I've kind of looking at this. I thought, man, this, is, this thing has gotten crazy. It's almost borderline ridiculous, I mean, just take the Spider-Man franchise for a second, right? So in 2002, they came out with the first Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man, right? He fights, I think it was a Green Goblin, maybe, I don't know. Um, and, but then that wasn't enough, so in 2004, Spider-Man 2 comes out. And he fights somebody else. And Spider-Man, in 2007, Spider-Man 3 comes out. But that wasn't good enough. So in 2017, The Amazing Spider-Man comes out. Now, I don't know what the difference between a regular Spider-Man and an Amazing Spider-Man is. But apparently there's something. And then, or that, I'm sorry, that was 2012. 2014, Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? And then 2017, there's a Spider-Man Homecoming. I didn't know he went anywhere, Henry, but apparently he had to come home. Then in 2018, there was the movie Venom, which was kind of the dark side of Spider-Man. And then in 2019, which is going to be released, I think, next week, there's a movie called Spider-Man Far From Home. So he came home and now he's leaving again. <laughs> I don't know, Pastor Dave. It just seems a little weird. And somewhere in the middle of that, they made this one, Spider-Verse, right? But here's the reality. If we could be the superhero, we could swing into our destiny. I mean, if we could be that person, we could swing into all the great things that God ever had for our life, all the things that he ever called us to do, the destiny that he had for us would become a reality, and we know it could be us. There's something deep down inside our guts that says, that could be me, that could be me. And when we see that we're just an average person who doesn't have a lot of skill, who doesn't have a lot of talent, maybe we don't look at ourselves the same way God looks at us, there's this stark reality that hits us that, I would love to be that, but that might be a stretch. I would love to be that person, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just average. And like in the, in the Spider-Verse, you saw the, the little guy that had to tell his dad, I love you, back. That's Miles Morales. We're going to kind of look at him today. But he was just an average kid. You know, growing up in New York, that's what he said. But here's the thing. He was a graffiti artist. So he would, he would spray graffiti on stuff. He would, he would tag up buildings with his graffiti until along came a spider. 
and he gets bitten, right? I like, I like Spence's line, along came a spider and bit this graffiti writer, and that's how life was changed. I can't rap it, so I'm not even going there, all right? But the point is, there's a moment in time when every one of us has an opportunity to step into our destiny. There's a moment in time when every one of us has that, that situation where we, we have an opportunity to be thrust into greatness. Now, I'm not talking about greatness where we're going to be some superstar. Or I'm not talking about greatness where we were going to accomplish some great feat or become famous. What I'm saying is whatever God has for your life is great. And when you'll step into what God has for your life, you become a great person. And, you know, this story's not something new. All throughout history, there have been moments when people have stepped from ordinary to extraordinary or from normal to supernatural. There's this moment in time, and we can go all the way back to the Old Testament, and today we're going to look at a guy named Joshua. Because he, before Miles Morales, before Peter Parker, before any of those guys, there was this guy named Joshua. And there's a book in the Bible totally devoted to his life and ministry, totally devoted to who he became in God. And so I want to, I want to just take, it, take you back because here's a guy that really we didn't know a lot about. If you go all the way back um, to the book of Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, all those great reads in the Old Testament, right? The ones you want to spend lots of time reading through because you find out about molding houses and hairs and warts and things like that right? Or how many people there were that made, that this guy just kind of jumps all of a sudden into the scene. His name's Joshua, and he, he is selected from his tribe in Israel to be one of the 12 spies that's going to go into the promised land. And so he goes in uh, with the other 12 guys, and when they come back out, as you guys probably know, 10 people, 10 of the spies say, no way, no how, too dangerous. Two guys, Caleb and Joshua, say, we can do this. Let's go do it. And so that's kind of where he leaps onto the page. But after that, what we find out is he becomes Moses, the leader of the Israelites, right-hand guy. Suddenly he is Moses' aide, and he goes everywhere with Moses. And so we kind of track his story uh, that way. So Moses is leading the people, and, and uh, you know, they, they, he parts the Red Sea, right? He gets them out of Egypt. He does all those things. He, he takes them into the wilderness and there's the, the, the issue where now they vote themselves literally out of God's will because they say we believe the ten and not the two. And now they're going to wander for 40 years. And so Joshua is in a preparation stage. Here's a guy who said we can do this who now suddenly just has to walk around for 40 years with all the knuckleheads that said we can't. And I, I don't know about you, but if I'm Joshua, I'm frustrated. If I'm Joshua, I want, to go in, I want to go all superhero on all those guys. Get rid of them, because if I get rid of all of them, I get my promise. If I, if I take them out, I can go do whatever it is God's calling me, because that promise is on the other side of that river where I was. And so Moses is their leader. The people rebel. There's a lot of trouble. And, you know, actually Moses never got to go into the promised land either. And so after... All this time of wandering and all the people now are, that have, have voted themselves out of God's plan are, di- are dying and, and, and dead. Here's Joshua, and, and we kind of pick it up in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to look at some, some uh, scripture between, in chapter 1 and 3. 
But we want to get in really close to a couple of, of these scriptures because I think we can pull out some points that we want that we want to stick, that we want to be part of our life. And so here's the, here's the deal. The one thing we know about our lives, that is for sure, right? The only thing that we know that will always stay the same is this, life will change, <laughs> right? The only thing that's constant is unconstant. The only thing that we're sure of is change. And so, you know, we're going to walk through those things, and we're going to walk through them whether they're good or bad, whether they're beneficial to us or beneficial to somebody else. We're going to have to go through the changes, and it could be things like this. You know, it could be the, the kid that's just transitioning to middle school from elementary school, or maybe that kid that's ready to graduate high school, and now they've got to figure out what their future looks like and what college they're going to go to or what job they're going to take. Or maybe it's, well, maybe it's us, you know, where um, we're becoming parents for the first time. Oh my goodness, now i got this little, this little life I have to take care of. Or maybe it's a job change. Maybe all of a sudden, the people you worked with, now you're asked to lead. And you find yourself in a situation where life is not what I thought it was. It can be scary and intimidating. And I think God knew something about Joshua. Because we would look at Joshua going all the way back to when he went into the land and spied it out. and go, Man, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty brave dude right there. I mean, he's seeing giants just like everybody else, but he's saying, we can do this. He's a, he's a one of two voices in a multitude of no's saying yes. And we would go, that dude's, pretty, that dude's pretty brave. But God knew something about Joshua, and I think he knows the same thing about us. I want to pick it up in chapter 1, verses 1 through uh, one and 9, and this is what it says in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said... Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, that's not a great introduction into leadership. <laughs> right? Hey, the guy that, you're, that you've been leaning on for the last however many years, he's gone. Done. Your security is wiped out. All right? So Moses is dead. And then he goes on and says this, Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. I mean, I can see Josh was sitting there in his tent going, God, you're nuts. What? No, 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 no. you got to understand, these are the people that told us, no, I don't want to lead these people. I wanted to do this 40 years ago, and now you're telling me i got to lead these people? Right? He said, therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. Here's the thing. Joshua knew the issues that Moses faced. He, he intimately knew every, probably every conversation Moses had. Because who do you think Moses talked to aside from God when the Israelites rebelled? Joshua. It was his right hand, right? He knew the issues. He knew what Moses had gone through. And so I want you to do something. I want you to look at your shoes. Look at your shoes. Right? If your shoes could talk, <laughs> what kind of stories would they tell? I mean, they would talk about what you stepped in yesterday, right? They would talk about the paths you went down. They might talk about a lot of things. You know, in, this, in the video, and you saw one quick shot of it, Miles Morales, he's wearing like old school Air Jordans, like the originals. Now, if you could get your hand on a pair of them and they're in mint condition, you got a mint in your hand. Uh, they're, they're worth a lot. But he's wearing these. And, but there was something that in that, and Spence brought this out when we were talking about it, that 
those shoes that he had on that day would never be the same again because of what had happened to him, because of the change that had come in his life. And I don't care whether you're wearing Jordans or Floorsheims or Nikes or sandals or you name whatever brand of shoe you have on. I don't care what it is. Here's the reality. They're going to take you someplace tomorrow you've never been before. You'll never look at your shoes the same way again. But how many times do you think Joshua, in his sandals, I guess, I don't know what he wore on his feet, but I'm assuming his sandals, stood at the edge of the Jordan River and looked across at his promise and went, someday, someday, we're going to step into that. Someday, we're going to get there. And he probably asked himself questions like this. Am I the person I'm supposed to be? Am I in the place that I'm supposed to be? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I going to receive the results I've waited for? Because they're on the other side of that river. They're on the other side of the Jordan. They're not right here. They're not in these shoes as as a servant and an aide. They're on the other side as a warrior, a conqueror. So for you, what's the next Jordan challenge? Not your shoes, but the river. Because that's a test of growing. It's a test of knowing what's on the other side, what's, what's next in your life. So let me, let me jump in and back in at verse 5. Because God has told him, Moses is dead. It's your responsibility. You lead these people. And then this is what God says. And this is what we love. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, we love that, right? We love that, we love that promise. But here's the thing. Brave Joshua, I'm going to take this land. We can do it. Why do you think God had to tell him three times, be strong and courageous? Why do you think, it, and he actually says it at the end. He says, uh, this is my command. Like, like, Joshua, you don't have an option. Be strong and courageous. I think God knew Joshua. And I think Joshua knew God. Matter of fact, we know that Joshua spent time in the presence of God because Moses would go into the tent of meeting and then he would leave and Joshua would stay. I'm not sure if it was to get what was left over or if it was just he was having his time with God. But here's the thing. God knew Joshua. And he knew what he was going to be facing, and he knew that the sandals that he was wearing now as a servant were not going to suit him as warrior sandals. He knew that the shoes on his feet right now were not going to be what he needed when he crosses the thing. And so, why be strong and courageous? Because here's what God knows about us. That the biggest enemy, the biggest challenge that we face is on the other side of the river. See, God knows you. And he knows your fear. He knows you, and he knows your fear. So what's your fear? Is it fear of failure? A fear of rejection? Is it never measuring up or being good enough? Maybe it's fear of pain or loss. 
So maybe you want to write that one down today, just fear. Because he commands us just like he commanded Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. And he says this, right? He says, because I'm going to take care of everything. Is that what he said? No. God never said we would walk around and there would be no problems. He's not taking away our enemies. Listen, what you face tomorrow is still going to be there tomorrow. You're still going to have to take that step and face whatever that step is. He's not going to take it away, but what he actually is going to do is he's going to add something. Do you know what he's going to add? Himself. If you'll take that step, if you'll walk into your destiny, if you'll take your shoes or whatever the next thing is, he's not taking away what's in front of you, but he's going to go with you. So the fear you have doesn't matter. One five, Joshua 1, five. for I will be with you as I was with Moses. That's significant. I think we can read that and pass right over it, blow right past it. But see, here's what Joshua knew. He had seen all the things Moses had done. He had seen water from the rock. He had seen manna and quail. He had seen the Red Sea. He had seen all the things that Moses was able to do through God's help. And he says, I will be with you as I was with, was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And in verse 9, he says, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And let's be honest for a second. Can we be honest? Sometimes it's frustrating that we serve a mighty God who could take care of every situation, heal every disease, do everything we need so that we don't have any stress. And he chooses not to do it. Frustrating, right? I mean, we all want to be super spiritual, go, oh, no, it's all good. No, it's not. It's not, because in our humanness, we have this thing called sin that wants to point fingers at God and say, God, if you would just do this, it would be okay. You see, because sin is in us. It's, it began when the first humans decided they wanted to rebel against God because they knew more than he did. I mean, that's basically what happened, you know, the, the serpent comes to Eve and said, did God really say? And so all of a sudden they start thinking, well, maybe I know more than God and I, I got this thing better than he does. In the same way that we have biological instincts in us that cause us to do certain things to, for our body to function, we have a spiritual instinct, but that spiritual instinct does not line up with God. Our spiritual instinct will always line up with things that are opposite of God. That's sin. That's what's in us. But ever since sin has come into our life, Ever since our life has been invaded by God, God has been sending us an invitation saying, take the next step. Because here's the thing. God invites you into his calling. God invites you into his calling. In the middle of your sin, of what causes us to be afraid and discouraged, God invites us to come into what he's, he's giving, calling our destiny. The first is this. His first call is to know him personally. You can't walk into your destiny if you don't know who's sending you the message for the destiny in the first place, right? You, do, you, you can't know where to go if you're not getting the word. And so he invites you into his calling to know him personally, and then you can know the calling for your life. You see, God's calling for Joshua was to lead Israel. He didn't know it when he became Moses' aide that that's what the trajectory of his life was. But that was where he was going. And God's calling for us is the same. Not that we're going to lead Israel. But what he had planned for our life may not be what we saw, but where he wants us to go. 
And so here's Joshua, right? So now he's ready to lead these Israelites. He's got all these people. He stepped into it. He's going to be strong and courageous. And I want to pick it up in chapter 3, verse 6. So in the morning, Joshua said to the priests. So he's got all the, all the priests, the religious leaders. He gathers them around. And he says, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. You've got to remember, when Moses parted the Red Sea, what did he do? He said he raised his staff, right? He just kind of raised his staff over the water, and the water went back. Joshua's t- uh, temptation may have been to find Moses' staff or to find his own staff or whatever it is and just hold it over the water, right? Let's just do this the same way because that's how God moved. And we'll see the water part. So he holds his stick up, but it's not what he did. He said, he said to the priest, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, verse 7, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So here, what's about to happen? You see, the thing that God had done before, he was going to do the same miracle, but in a new way. He was going to take, he was going to show Israel the call he had on Joshua's life to lead the people. He was going to do it using the same type of miracle, but in a different way. And I love what it says that he said, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. You see, there needed to be an identity of that leadership, parting of the water, but I'm going to show it a different way. And here's the thing. They're going to cross. There's going to be this, this, great, uh, this great celebration. We're going into our promise. But you might be sitting there going, now wait a minute. This sounds familiar, but it sounds different at the same time. And I think here's the key, because I want to backtrack just for a second to Joshua 1.7. You see, Joshua had followed Moses for so long, and Moses had taught him a lot of things. And Moses had showed him the ways of God. But in verse one, or chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. You see, you saw just a little clip there of the, the Miles Morales-Peter Parker interaction, teaching him to swing and things like that. You see, he had Peter Parker. Joshua had Moses. Who do you have in your life that can show you the way? Who do you have in your life that can go there before you so that when you're standing at the edge of your Jordan, they can look at you and say, been there, done that, let me help you. Not that you're going to do it the same way, not that you're going to be, have the same, necessarily same results, but you can step into God's destiny and you can learn from them. It could be as simple as a conversation, an email, a text, anything like that, but the reality is you need people in your life, people who can speak into it, people who can give you direction. You see, God had already put himself in the middle of Joshua's situation long before he got to be a leader. But he didn't do it necessarily through supernatural wow moments. He did it through Moses. Joshua got to sit for over 40 years and watch this man lead when it was tough. To watch this man go through things that we wouldn't want to go through. And you see, God has already placed himself in your life too. God's already put himself in the middle of it. Like I said a few minutes ago, here's the thing. The only thing we know that is always constant is change. Right? But God's not asking you to change who you are. 
God wants you to be your true self. God wants you to be your true self. You see, when it was Moses' time to part the sea, like I said, he raised his staff. When it was Joshua's time, God was going to do it a different way. He relied on the ark. He relied on the priest. I mean, I don't know what would have happened if Joshua had tried to do it a different way. You, you can think back, you know, there was a moment when Moses struck the rock and got water. The next time he was supposed to speak to it, and he did it, and he hit it again. Water came out. God still did the miracle. But that's what cost Moses his promise. He wasn't obedient. Here's the thing. When I say be your true self, that doesn't give us a license to be whatever we want, okay? What I'm talking about is this. God's designed you with your passions. God's designed you with your personality. He's given you your gifts, your values, your talents. He's given you all those things so that you can be who he's designed you to be the way he designed you. Listen, I'm going to say this because I've been as guilty of this as anybody else. Don't ever let anybody rob you of what God has for you because you think less of yourself. God made you. He made you who you are, and he's given you a purpose. Don't, don't look at that as something short-changed in your life. Step in to what it is. God wants you to be yourself. <laughs> Here's, you, you want to know why he wants you to be yourself? And this is going to sound like really simple, but here's why he wants you to be yourself. It's your responsibility. Whatever he's given you to do, it's yours. It's not mine. It's not Pastor Dave's. It's not anybody else's. It's yours. Now, that doesn't mean if you don't do it, God won't find another way. But my goodness, who wants to stand before God and go, I just didn't think I was good enough. I think if, my, if Joshua had tried to do it like Moses... It would have been a fiasco because he wasn't designed to do it like M Moses. You see, the power was the same, but the method was different. And let me say this, for every person in this room, whatever God has given you to do, it might be totally different from what he's given me to do, but guess what? It's the same power. It's the same power. Don't shortchange what God wants to do. Our true self is more than just our uniqueness. We're the only ones who can do what God's given us to do, but we're also the only ones that can have that relationship with God. You see, here's the thing. I talked about sin a few minutes ago. Sin is not the end. Remember I said there's a spiritual uh, things that happen, just like our biological instincts, our spiritual instincts. That doesn't have to be what controls your life because God took the moment and he sent his son. He sent Jesus to earth to live and die and to, and to come to rise again so that that sin, that spiritual tendency, doesn't take our life. And I said it a few minutes ago. This is where it starts. We start right there. Because here's the, here's the truth. God is your hope. Joshua could have walked into the promised land as a warrior. He's, obviously, he was a warrior. And he could have done it on his own terms. Matter of fact, he tried. We see that when you get to uh, the, the, the conquest of the different cities. They tried to do it their own way. But here's what he found out real quickly. You've got to do it God's way. You see, God's your hope. In the middle of trying to be your true self, when you can't figure out what's going on, and you're trying to be yourself, but you're trying to figure out how to navigate that with your gifts, your talents, your passions, your personality, you've got to understand that the only way you do it is through God. It's through Christ. And so, 
I don't know if I can explain this the best way possible, but let me show you this next clip because I think it kind of where we can jump off and get some explanation. Maybe you feel a little bit like he did when he's sitting on the top of that building looking down to the streets of New York. But did you catch the one line that was Peter Parker's voice? He's scared. He doesn't know. Actually, the rest of the, the, rest of the multiverse is going to go take on Kingpin, the, the bad guy. And Peter look at him and says, you're not ready because he can't control his powers. He's scared. He doesn't, he doesn't realize what he has. And he asks, how will I know? And, and this is the line that uh, Miles says, how will I know when I'm ready? And he tells him this. You just have to take a leap of faith. Did you catch that? You see, our destiny is out in front of us. Your shoes are ready to step into whatever that is. But here's the thing. Sometimes we have to take a step of faith. We can be comfortable in what we know. We can be comfortable in what's normal. We can be comfortable in all, in all of life. But the reality is faith or fear, our fear is actually your invitation to faith. They're polar opposites. They're polar opposites because fear will stop us. It will stymie us. It will hinder us. It will keep us down. But faith empowers us. Faith, matter of fact, I love, I love what Hebrews says about faith, right? It's the substance of things hoped for. Remember, say God is our hope. We all have hopes. It's literally the thing we, we can't necessarily touch it, but it's tangible. It's a substance of things hoped for, but it's also that evidence of what we can't see. Miles could have stayed on top of that building and probably going back to being a normal kid, spraying graffiti art all over buildings. But it wasn't what he was supposed to do. So what's holding you back? What's holding you back? You know, like I said earlier, your first step is a step of faith toward God. And if you're here today and you have no relationship with God, you don't know who Jesus is, step one is this. God has a destiny for you, but you got to step into a relationship with him first. He wants to do amazing things through your life, just like Joshua, the, conquer, the conquest of a land. But the only way that worked with Joshua was because he had a relationship with God first. And so in just a moment, I'm gonna, we're going to pray. And if you're here and you're that person and you've never accepted Christ, you've never prayed that prayer of faith saying, God, forgive me of that sin nature, that sin I have in me, start right there. But for the rest of us who have stood in church for a long time, Maybe you've heard a thousand sermons. Maybe we've sung a million songs. I don't know. But today's the day that you look down at your shoes and go, tomorrow, we're going to step into what God has for us. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it, it throws us off our game. Yeah, we're not sure what it is, but the truth is that God's already got it. Joshua had one decision to make. Do I send the priest into the river? Or do we stay over here? And I want to believe that I want to be like Joshua. That when God says step, go okay. <laughs> it's a little scary down there. It's a little scary over there. I'm going to take that step. I'm going to take that next one. 
And then I'm going to put the right foot in front of the left foot and the left foot in front of the right foot. And God, as long as you're out there in front of me, I'm good. Crossing your Jordan can be scary. But for me, staying on this side's a lot scarier. God has destiny for your life. God has a plan for you. Take that leap of faith. Take that step. Because this is what I know. Once you take the step, God will create the way. He'll create the path. So let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. And today, would today be that day that we step into our destiny? Would today be that day when we no longer cower in fear, but just like Joshua, we receive those words, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God will be with you always. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.